Welcome to the podcast. This is a link up. We are minus one because Agent Smith couldn't be here. I am going to start it off by saying this. Millionaire versus billionaire. In seconds, a millionaire is 11 and a half days. Did you guys know that? No. Not okay. A billionaire in seconds is 11,574 days. Yeah. Uh, okay. Now, yeah, I've heard that before. So people, so what you're getting at is people don't understand how much a billion is. It's just everybody, oh, well, Billy, yeah, yeah, but it's a, that's a lot. It's, yeah, it's, a dollar way, per it's, day. it's a lot. It's a dollar per day. To last you thir- to last you thirty one years, All right? If you get to the billion dollar mark, mm-hmm. so I don't, so I don't think people actually understand the significance of of striving to have uh, economic gain and wealth, and make sure that your your family and yourself are taken care of. There's nothing wrong with being a millionaire. To anybody that's listening, there's nothing wrong with being a billionaire. Both of them got to be maintained, but both of them can buy the exact same shit. Because there's you once you reach a certain cap, there's only so much shit you can buy at the top part of the market. You know what I'm saying? Like if you if you can if you can own if you can buy the Mona Lisa, and that's the most expensive shit in the world. You don't have to be a billionaire to do that, unless it's a <laughs> portrait. You see what I'm saying? So the if it's a, if it's a, a long if, game, if it's a twenty five million dollar portrait, and you got fifty million dollars, you cutting yourself in half, but you can do it. Yeah, if you're but a the, billionaire, you're not you're not even feeling that. But both of them can do it. Yeah, but the end is a long game, passing down that 31 years of success down to someone else who can't help translate and make that last even longer and extend it. So I think uh, that that's something that a lot of people not, aren't observing, though, bro. Consider this: like, if you take it, if you take it exactly what you say, if you take that and you actually just strip away all the layers and you start putting everything in perspective as in terms of how people understand how money works how people uh observe and celebrate celebrity life and rich people life most people just look at what they got and want what they have but they don't look at what they do to maintain it they don't look at what's actually what all the wheels that better spinning to keep those things going and how to because most of those guys or most of those women that are in those spaces i would say most of those men that are in those spaces are married there aren't too many female billionaires. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Most of those guys are married. Most of those people have families. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? True. Whereas like the poorest of us aren't necessarily married. Or I wouldn't I would even say like the working class. There are a bunch of us in the working class sector that are married. and we, But it, marriage to me is like really relegated to like a certain class of people nowadays. And it's only because the motivation isn't necessarily there. We're not incentivized to do it the way they're incentivized to do it. But they have objective. They got something to pass down. They got shit to lose. You know what I'm saying? But that's what I'm saying. The whole billion, you're extending it for the next generation to come behind and continue that. To continue building that road or paving that way. So 31 years as a billionaire is a very long time. Definitely. But I would I would venture to say this because that's less than that's less than one percent. That's less than half a percent of the people in the whole world that have that number of money. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So, like, if you even make it past five hundred million, you're an anomaly. 
but we like to kind of like we we put we have a media system that focuses its attention on these people that that achieve the anomaly and we kind of look at them as the goal you know what i'm saying whereas if you think about it what's the likelihood of like kanye lebron jay Beyonce, all, you know what I'm saying? All these people that are like in the billionaire pocket, all being associated and affiliated and they're black. What's the likelihood of that? Considering how many black people there are that are in the business and, and science and engineering industries that could possibly even, even be in that, but we don't ever hear about them. So it's a rarity. It's, it, it, dude, it's, it's, it's almost engineered. It's almost yeah. engineered. Yeah. It's like they're giving us. Yeah, I mean, all of those, like all of those people are, they do know each other. It's, it's crazy. Like when you think about it, I never even thought about it like that. But to piggyback on what you were saying, like people are, people are chosen, I feel like, especially the entertainment business and certain things that's like really controlled by larger entities to a degree, like, they want certain people be, you know, be in those positions because they don't want certain things to happen. They know what certain people would do with some money. So they don't want them to really get it if if they have a hand in controlling it. That's why the other industries, you can actually have more control. Entertainment is almost like they're handing it to you. I think it has something to do with reinvestment as well. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, like Kanye's money is tied up in a lot of the, his business ventures. Like he's his, and we're not talking liquid money. We're talking investments. So I, I guarantee you not a one of them have that money liquid. Mm-mm. I don't even think that this nation could provide that money liquid to one of them, let alone all of them, if they all wanted it. You mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? So that all those, all that is is numbers on a spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. But they're reinvesting in corporations that 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 want to partner with those particular brands that they provide. So Kanye's brand is 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 partnered with blah blah blah. Jay's brand is partnered with blah blah blah. Rihanna's brand is partnered with blah blah blah. And because those partnerships are aligned in a way where they they see the fruits of their their investment, those companies feel secure. You know what I'm saying? They know that that for one. The, the, the names it's associated are already going to generate revenue. You know what I'm saying? And this and this is the crazy thing about it, not to go off on a tangent, but like a lot of people, I, I notice a lot of people be losing their shit every time Kanye drops some new, some like the the uh, the Gap, the Easy Gap collab and all this other shit. People be losing their mind. They don't even realize, especially like our people, we don't realize mm-hmm. that that ain't about us. That ain't for us. Kanye ain't, ain't looking at us and like, hey, I'm gonna try to, I'm gonna stretch your pockets out. No, he's, he's trying at, to get that money. White people. He, yeah, he's yeah. trying to get their money. That's and why he's he doing it. Like when he, when he did the, uh, he did a whole fucking like a pop up shop, a pop up store, or whatever, and they were like, every people were digging their fucking garbage bags for the clothes, and he yeah. had like, he had, he had mock up dumpsters and shit for people to dumpster dive for his shit. <laughs> And niggas was losing their mind, like, oh my God, he's a coon. Like, no, bro, you, you misinterpreted no. what he's doing. No, did you hear what he said and why he said he wanted it that way? You know what I'm saying? They missed all of that. They missed and to all a of- certain degree that he said it ain't for you all to be in here buying this shit anyway. He wanted he wanted to give them the lesson. 
they're going to spend their money for the experience and to and say they and to say they got it and here's the other part a lot of us are pointing out the fact that these clothes look like they're for people who are on are the, in the street. streets yeah a oh, lot he, of the, all this is intentional like he's yeah. not he's not he's done anything artist. that hasn't been un, you know what I'm saying nothing's been unintentional by intentional Everything is intentional. He he always thinking long and like I go back and look at some of his old interviews from even like maybe five, six years ago. And he really was predicting exactly what he's doing right now. He was saying it. He was saying what he's doing is dealing with these companies, being in positions that he always knew. So it's like what's going to be the narrative five six years from now of what he was doing right now and it's probably gonna be like oh well once everything plays out we'll see what it's about but he ain't done no he not and, and we, we catch on to it because we understand what that is uh we the general public don't get it because they don't have that they don't they don't have that thought process again that goes back to what we were talking about earlier about investments and shit like that well we salute them for it because that's what's going to keep him in in a category that he is uh and let him let him make his money i ain't mad at him that's how i feel i look at it like i i got my own goals i'm trying to pursue and things like that and i just i look at that as a as an indication that i'm not crazy <laughs> All right. So a, a question I have for you guys. All right. One of the many questions I have for you guys. Who is the king or the author of this uh, emo music? The king Arthur. The king or the author of the emo music. Oh, the king. Like, describe the emo music because there's like different genres of emo. Yeah. Oh, so it's so it's different genres. I was just saying like the, the all the emotion now, and it, it, whoever did it, who would you say that that would be? And, and hip hop. Yeah, like the emo hip hop. Yeah, it was Kanye. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, emo hip hop. I mean, he really and it's funny because the beginning of what his music was, it was like kind of that direction but 808 and heartbreak kind of pushed it all the way over into that complete emo vibe and i feel like that spawned drake and all these other guys who was looking for identity that was like on the cusp of maybe something like that once he showed them the blueprint then they was like oh this is what we gonna do so i would say this they, i would know on the mainstream kanye would be that so I would say, like, yeah, in the, in the mainstream, Kanye would be the representation of that. Okay. I believe that it always existed. I believe that like hip hop is all is full of subgenres. Hip hop, like especially in the underground, there's so many subgenres of like, uh, like I don't know if you ever listened to Idea and Abilities or ASAP Rock or anything mm -hmm. like that. Like their music is always has always been like, in my opinion, like it it, it kind of like French emo in a way. Aesop a little less than like idea and abilities. Idea, he passed away probably like seven, eight years ago. Mm. But they, uh, th his music was always about like his personal struggles and stuff like that, his his his, his uh, addictions and stuff like that. Would apathy fit that category too? Mm. Apathy, apathy he, 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 he had his moments, but I feel like hip hop 
if we really want to dig deep, then I would even venture to say Pac might be like the father of that shit. I would venture to say PM Don might even be. You mm. know what I'm saying? Like we really dig deep. We want to go way back in terms of like the emotional side of because all the emo rap is is emotional rap. Just people sure. rap about you can things put face into that. You see what I'm saying? People who actually talk about the, their own personal struggles and and mm-hmm. it's just it it depends on how the people received it. Yeah. And so the other guy I was gonna throw in, in within this era when you guys said Kanye because I, that that's was kind of obvious, but I was thinking about that earlier and I was like people kind of leave Joe Budden out of that. Yeah, Joe Budden. Yeah, Joe Budden is Joe, Joe Budden is the one that really he won the streets with it. Bong bong, because this is a guy who had mood music one what one through ten, some shit like that. One yeah, through he six, did, he he did a bunch of them. And Joe Joe salute to that dude. He he owned it. He owned it, and he ain't back down from it. You know what I'm saying? Like if you listen to like Slaughterhouse's Shady album, you can hear Joe Budden influence on some of them songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, the song Goodbye was a Joe Budden song that they all did. You know what I'm saying? I, that's one of my favorite songs on that album. I ain't really care for that album too much. The, the, the second one? Uh, what's, the, uh, what's the name of it? The first the first album they did on Shady Records. Um, Welcome, to our house. Yeah. Welcome to Our House. Welcome to Our House. Wasn't it a song on there that kind of sounded like the um, the Voltron? Uh, that was the first album. Intro. Oh, that, that was the first album. Yeah, that was the one I put that's you on album. too. First oh, okay. Yeah, that was my joint. Yeah, yeah. Joe Bud definitely, you know what I'm saying? Salute him. He he definitely uh he's the king of reinvention in hip hop when it comes to that. <laughs> he you he know reinvented himself a bunch of times. A bunch of times. It, it seems like when something doesn't go right, it's it's almost like Joe sees it happening and he or says, right you know what? <laughs> yeah, he's like, it's like, okay, let me get ready to trend this way. It's, it's time for me to make a move over here because this is about to end. And it kind of made me think when we used to troll him on Twitter. No, you used to troll him on Twitter. Nah, you, you used to too, bro. No, 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 no. I did not troll Joe Button. I, I did not. That was you trolling Joe Button. He, de- he definitely blocked me on there. <laughs> you got blocked. I didn't get... Uh, wait, let me check later on, but I do not recall ever bothering Joe Button. I, I, that was not something I was interested in doing ever. I was like, I used to be like, oh, you can outwrap this nigga, can't you? <laughs> and so, then that, that, was, that was people. That's like, when it start. That's when it started. I was like, man, if you don't get the fuck out of here, and then I started yeah. getting tweets and shit from people. I was like, wait a minute now, like he. Nice. I didn't do anything here. No, but it was just like, yo, he nice, but he could get this work. He don't. I'm telling you, not to even get off on no off topic, but he like one of the few rappers, dude, that I looked at in that group outside of Royce and probably Crook. I looked at Joe as a formidable opponent, bro, because his wordplay is impeccable. His vocal, his you know, his vocal approach is unique, but like his his way that nigga structure fucking songs, and he would do long fucking songs. That's why I respected him. I am not like, blocked by Joe Button because I I'm never. <laughs> That nigga blocked the fuck out of me. Yes. And he blocked your ass back in 2012 or some shit. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. (laughs) He blocked the shit out of me because I was on his heels. (laughs) He was like, yeah, I'm gonna get this nigga out of here. (laughs) And I'm asking him, like, yo, what do you why you what are you what what are you fucking with Joe Budden for, man? He was fucking with Joe Budden, he was fucking with LL, 
and and a couple other dudes, man. Proof I'm like, yo, conflict. I'm like, yo, you gonna you gonna keep on trolling their ass, you know what I'm saying? And we're gonna end up in a situation where we're gonna have to defend this shit. I ain't scared of none of that smoke. I didn't say I, I didn't say you were, sir. I, I, I could give it, I give them all the work right now at my age, right now. Listen, I got the it. Pen, my pen okay. got very, my pen got very sharp at that time because I was like, I don't know what's gonna happen, but this nigga six is he asking for something. I don't know what he asking for, but we had to be very aware. Just enjoying Twitter back when it, when Twitter was Twitter. Now it ain't shit. <laughs> Twitter used to be fun. It's this, this nigga uh, upsetting. This nigga upsetting. LL got LL writing eighteen minute verses and shit like that. Getting ready to go off saying, "All you niggas who ain't never been nobody in life, this is for you niggas." I'm like, "Yo, that's that's us." <laughs> Matter of fact, that's six because he's hey. going at six right now. Hey, but I ain't saying that. I ain't saying nothing about LL. That was a lot though. He just couldn't handle the, the truth. You said that nigga didn't write his own verses. I never said that on Twitter. Never said that on Twitter. Never. I like how it's, I never said that on Twitter. Not I never said that. I'm, because I've said that. <laughs> he I said, said that. It. He I said, said that. I've said it. I said that when he was in his Marley Marl com- uh, collab phase, uh, Mama said knock you out between walking with a panther and 14 shots with a dome. There's a, a distinct difference in writing between those two when you listen to Mama Said Knock You Out. And if you listen to Mama Said Knock You Out, if you listen to Jingling Baby, that shit sound like some Big Daddy Kane shit or it sound like some Craig G yeah. shit. You see what I'm saying? There's a distinct difference. You don't go from fucking Jingling Baby to Pink Cookies in a, in a plastic bag and and don't <laughs> notice a fucking difference. I was, a, I was an avid fucking listener of LL Cool J. I picked up on it. I, my pen was working back then. So I'm not saying it wasn't, but I, I, I my and he didn't like it. <laughs> no, nah, he didn't. This nigga six was six was heavy. Like and he I was, wasn't even, and um, I never called him on that. I just said that LL Cool J fell off at some point. Unfortunately, and he, and he didn't like that. And his fans, I mean, everybody have declines. I mean, and I only said one thing about Crucial Conflict, and it wasn't even a negative. I said when I said when Crucial Conflict came out with Hey, I said they had everybody wild styling and some shit like that. And one of the niggas was like, uh, he put a meme up to myself, look who's been making beats all these years and it still ain't landed a feature or some shit like that. I'm like, what are you talking about, bro? <laughs> I'm like, all right, fair enough, you got me, my nigga. But eh. Come on, now, it, it wasn't that it wasn't that hard because I was like, oh, that, that ain't gonna do it. That don't that don't that don't put a tink a, a dink a tink a, a dent in the it, armor. It don't even sound like that was even warranted from what you said. Nah, bro. To him, bro. Nah, man. But you know, it is what it is. I I don't give a fuck. It ain't, it ain't cost me no money. It ain't cost me no food on my plate. No, my life is on. My nah. internet still work. <laughs> My own, I'm just going like yo six. You know, at some point they're gonna respond. Um, keep your pants sharp. Re- the only two responded was LL and uh, it wasn't even like the the core members of fucking Crucial Conflict. I think it was that little dude Never, whatever his name was, that responded. Yeah, I don't. It wasn't, I don't it wasn't even Cold Heart. It wasn't Kilo. Uh, it wasn't Kilo. It wasn't uh, Wild Style. It wasn't you know what I'm saying. It was just the little dark skinned dude with the little short fucking 
plaits in his hair. Oh, I was one because I'm trying when you was named. I was like, wait, the one they say, the person that they say his braids never connected or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, he had the little bumps on his neck from his braids pulling that scalp. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, keloids in the back. (sighs) But yeah, um, you could you could you could mute that out if you want. You know what I'm saying? No, we're I'm not, not, we're, not disrespect, we're not disrespect. I'm not no, it's no disrespect. It's just like the, the pictures that you remember is like that's what people used to say. Like, buddy, he he don't have butters, you know what I'm saying? Like, like he, he don't have them. You know what I'm saying? Like he got they said he got oh, stitches. Pioneers. They said he had stitches though. in his yeah, they are pioneers, but they should say like he had stitches in his head and shit. So but, uh, but the whole somebody like that. Uh, <laughs> the whole the whole LL situation though, Man, that I was fuck. I don't give a I, fuck about the LL situation. I I, I I was waiting for that to go because when that nigga started responding, I said, we are going to get some work. Like, here it comes, bro. Yes. Well, he got, I mean, and that's fine. He had the budget to hire all the ghostwriters he needed. So oh, and you know they were coming. Good. It was all good because that was the, that was right before he dropped that album. He did with like, he had all them goddamn features. He had Jada Kiss on the album. He had a bunch of motherfuckers. Uh, is that the one that had the like, song with um, Timbaland, the Timbaland beat? Uh, your head sprung. Yeah, this was after that. I was after that. Oh, okay. yeah, this is after that. I I remember I said something on the album. I said something about the album. I said LL finna drop this album. Ain't nobody asked for. And I said something else. Again, I never brought up the fact that he had. I felt like he had ghostwriters, or I heard he had ghostwriters, or any of that shit. I just said he he about to drop an album. Ain't nobody asked for. And that nigga. Yeah, he really shouldn't have stopped at ten because like. That album was cool. It had a couple of songs. He had a song with the Neptunes. If he had stopped there, that would have been respectable. But I really wish Tony went ahead and did that. Uh, I see dead. Pe- I see whack people album. If that shit would have came out, because I was gonna <laughs> rap on it. There was a few people gonna rap on it, and it was all like themed around uh, the Sixth Sense and. Uh, the Bruce Willis role would have been LL Cool J. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so the whole time, he don't know he did. He don't know you whack. <laughs> <laughs> he got a whole fucking movie, don't know he did. <laughs> he, trying to, he trying to therapize this child. This child, like... The whole time he got ghostwriters and he don't even know that they actually writing for him, for him and shit like that. Like, he just think it's a favor and shit. He thinks these niggas give him dope ass ideas that he gonna use. He don't look at his ghostwriting. <laughs> and all he changes. Nigga, all 32 uh, bars, my nigga. All 32? <laughs> all he all these shit. And I'm the gonna hook. lick my, my lips four more times for this song. And again, that's I mean, and, he, and that's not to take away from his legacy. He the GOAT for what he did. He right, did yes. Go for what he did. And ghostwriting is not, it's, apparently nowadays it's definitely not a taboo topic. So what the fuck is the problem, my guy? Uh, because in the era that he comes from, ghostwriting. It, it was. <laughs> Very much so. And that's, that's why, why, that's why I never said that shit publicly on the internet because I don't I don't even got time to fucking explain that shit to people. I ain't got time to even have a debate with nobody over that goofy shit because it ain't that big a deal to me. I don't give a fuck. I, yeah, just, I, I think it's I think it's kind of crazy because I used to look at him like, dude, he the he the best rapper alive for a minute. And then he dropped Walking with a Panther and ruined my childhood. <laughs> 
I think he for redeemed it for a little bit. He's the only rapper to ever call himself the goat, right? Or he started. Yeah, he, he he's, started he's the, the one phrase. that started it. He started he that the phrase. He coined, he, he coined the phrase. I believe that somebody else did, but he went along with it. I think one of the producers said we should name this album "Goat Greatest of All Time," and he's like, "You know what?" <laughs> Even they go, somebody goes wrote that shit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Man, LL is a legend. Um, yeah. big, up, big up to Big L. I'm not calling him what he said. They call him on that sound, on that Headsprung song. Big L.A. <laughs> I cringed so hard when I heard that because I remember when I heard about that song before I heard it. It was like, oh, Timberland and L.L. Cool. Then he did like, oh, shit. Because Timberland was on a run in that little pocket where everything he was doing was really a, a was slap. Early, so early I was expecting that shit 20. to be dope. And when I heard that, I was just like, mm, so disappointed. Wasn't that on the GOAT album? His run was on the GOAT no, album. No, 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 no. The GOAT album <laughs> actually was his, like, on some real shit. If he had to stop there, he kind of would have had a little bit of a legacy that yeah, was that one bad at all. Because that album was actually pretty decent. That yeah, was a like, decent album. Decent. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like amazing, it wasn't but it definitely was. Yeah. Uh, it's a couple songs on there when he had to rap by himself. He was like, "Yo, I don't think he got enough bars to like get through this song." He never mind. Go ahead, say it, man. Speak your mind. Uh oh. I'm good, bro. I'm this good is Full Profits Podcast, man. We don't know what we're talking about. We just a bunch of young <laughs> men sitting around shooting the shit. We it's like barbershop talk. Go ahead, speak your I mind. Man, though, he probably just niggas was in there like, man, I'm not gonna write for you and write for me too. And they got to writing their shit. And they were like, just write your 16 and we'll figure out the rest. Yeah, we'll put you at <laughs> we'll put you at the end of the song. Like, like, like we normally do, nigga. You know, four, five, three, two, one. <laughs> you know who shot you. You know how we do that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys see the interview uh, on? Shout out. That was the name of the album. Shout out to Math Hoffa. Did you guys see the interview with uh, DJ Clark Kent on there? Yeah, that was a dope one. That was a really dope interview. I think I. You talking about the 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 LeBron joint? No, no. It's oh, it's called it's called movie. my expert opinion. It's a battle oh, rapper. It's a battle God. rapper named Math Hoffa. He invites okay. guests on and they sit in the barbershop and they talk. Yeah. Um, I've seen these guest, clips of that. This particular guest was DJ Clark Kent. And he said, when he, when he said, when he found Jay Z, mm-hmm. he said, my nigga is the illest and I stand by it. And they said, he said, I took him to Harlem. And he found out that his niggas was the illest. He said, I took him everywhere. And he said, Jay was that nigga. And he said, when he bought him, the, he said, when he bought him the dang. And was just like, all right, man, you 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 got it, you got it. <laughs> so they said when they did the verses with him and Biggie on Brooklyn's Finest, mm-hmm. he said Jay was in there listening to the beat. Fifteen minutes later, he was done. And Big was still writing. And yep. Big was like, Big was like, there's no fucking way he done in 15, 20 minutes. <laughs> no fucking way. They said, they said all you saw was Jay Z in there. He came out with that shit. He was done. They said because Big had other engagements, shows, and, and he had shit that was already uh, put in motion, he had to come back months later and he had to finish his verse. But he said after that, 
that's when he realized that he he wasn't gonna uh, write verses no more. He was gonna mm. follow the same pattern. Yeah, you, it's yeah I think the life after mind. death joint he kind of switched over to not writing as much like, it, on paper. It became more about cadence. That that yeah. style, that style of rap is more about cadence because it's a freestyle mm-hmm. flow. So it's all about cadence and uh, timing. And some people can't even complete like a whole 10 bars without punching in. So, you know what I'm saying? I'm not saying, I don't, I've never been in a whole uh, session. I've never even seen one recorded in full glory to be able to identify whether or not this shit is true. I can only take their words for it. But I, I would imagine that if he's like, if he did that verse on Brooklyn's finest without a single punch in at that early in the game, he's an anomaly. He's just different. He, he, he is because uh, Guru, did you see what Guru said recently? Uh, a couple of weeks ago, Guru said that he went in there and he did it in one take. And you said he said he did the same thing on Cali's album. That's what I'm saying. That's what, that's what that's I'm what talking, talking about. about. That three minute that's verse, whatever they said he did that, that in one did. take. Yeah, I did. Yeah, he just he heard. They said that he heard Wayne and, and Ross, and he just sat with the record. And they said the beat was playing, and where the hook is, they said Jay was rhyming over that. So they just extended the beat out. Yep. They said, so they said, oh, and then they said, Khaled was like, all right, I'm going to send you the actual beat for it. And they said when he sent it back, he was still rhyming over the hooks, the chorus, and everything else. And he's like, all right, Jay, we get it. And they just extended it for him and said, all right, go ahead. Go get off. My thing about that is, is like, it's dope that he could do that. Uh, but it's dope that a lot of rappers can do that. Pan game is, is, always preferred for me, but it's dope that he can do that. But I feel like a lot of rappers use a lot of filler mm. to kind of like bolster the whole flow or whatever to make it all fit together or whatever. And I don't I don't know what that looks like. And again, with in the Jay-Z session, I don't know how many, like they say it's one take, but I don't know, I just, whatever. Listen, man, I can- texture. It's all I, I can do six to eight bars, maybe 10. I've done whole but songs, that's, there, bro, but that shit ain't as, half as dope as it should have been. No, no, because at some point there's a punch in. There's going to be some punch in, punch, punch in. And, and if you're listening, like I'm listening to songs when they're being recorded and made, you can hear the punch in. Mm-hmm. I ain't going to say nobody's names, but we talked about rappers on here before that do punch ins and you can clearly hear it. So right. um, it's, it's definitely. What, what What is a punch in? You can tell when they you can tell when they cut and they came back in and picked up they, where they left off. Yeah. So oh, I see what you're if saying. If they stopped at the sixth bar, they, they cut it and then they went back in at the sixth bar, they picked it up, and you can chill tell because of the cadence of the song has changed. You can, you can, you can, control, you can, all that. that before. Okay. So when when they're saying somebody did like they said, oh well, he went in there and did it in one take, he literally sat there and wrap that out the way we heard it for the whole two minutes all the way through <laughs> for three right minutes way. he didn't do nothing but that but it, one verse his birth control was 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 impeccable and he did it all in that one time he and didn't take and didn't have to fix it no which i'm calling cap but anyway i mean you know if, maybe, if you've been if maybe you've been doing it for 20 time, maybe the you, third or fourth time he did it the way he felt satisfied. I, I don't know a rapper that just feels satisfied the first time they do it. He probably rapped that shit and that shit was hard, but he was like, you know what? I want to change the way I said this word. Bare minimum, God, I've done it two or three times. I've done it a few times on a first take and I've been good. But that's a rarity. 
you know, because it's always something that you hear that you don't like. But that's for all you to, for you to go in and do it in one take for, for three satisfied for three for a three minute, you know, a three minute uh track, three minute verse. That's that's and the crazy thing about that verse too, it was just so much content when you break down what he was actually saying what he was talking about it wasn't just him aimlessly just rapping cool because i'll be feeling like even you know wayne we love i don't i don't love him but i do give him his props to being a, a good rapper or whatever like i feel like he just does verses sometimes where it's just tying a whole bunch of cool sounding stuff together where that J verse wasn't just him saying a bunch of cool stuff. Like he literally was talking about the war on drugs and all of this stuff. And all of it was like double entendres and all this. It's just, just crazy. Like when you think about it, it's nuts. So to have the actual message in that and, and him going from a rapper who, not that he didn't before, but it would be not a deep, message it might be a deeper story he was trying to tell but it wouldn't have a deeper social value to it as much as he's been in the past i, I don't know five or six years maybe seven since he's been older basically i wonder only because i listened to the song quite a few times i like the shit it's pretty dope to me i, I like i wonder though i wonder though just in retrospect like because from my understanding, from what Guru said and just the way it kind of all played out, after him hearing the song the way it was structured and he got it extended or whatever, was he motivated by what he heard Wayne did? He couldn't have been that motivated by Ross not to knock Ross for what he did. Right, Ross, Ross obviously had the beat first. It sounded like Ross had the beat first. Mm-hmm. But, like, Wayne went in, bro. I'm not even going to front. Like oh, Wayne did what he was. Wayne did what he was hired to do. I have to go back oh, and check it out because oh, I went above and beyond. Because yeah, I, to oh, I think well, Hope went into full competitor mode when he heard Wayne. Yeah, because Wayne was calling out a bunch of shit, bro. That mm. nigga, that nigga was saying like all this shit that y'all see right now that's trendy, nigga. All the face tats and dress. I'm the apex. I'm the fucking reason why this shit. Why you niggas? He wouldn't none of you niggas would exist if it weren't for me, pretty much is what he was saying. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Oh, but, a lot he, of but Hove saw that he was like, you know what? He right, but let me dig even deeper. And then that's when he, he started really start just just unloading and just hitting motherfuckers with all these different facts and shit like that. Because he went he went into that's life that. mode, like you yeah. know. But see, that's what I'm saying. Like I wonder, like, if Hove got the beat first, would that been the same energy? Because Wayne went in, bro. I'm gonna have to listen to Wayne verse again. Um, I, cause I couldn't hear nothing but but Hove. I was like, yo, the <laughs> shit that this dude be saying, man, is just like the way that nigga Wayne went in, bro. I was like, I was impressed because I felt like this is old form Wayne. Wayne ain't been in this fucking position since he was on Benny the Butcher album, and anything mm. between that and before that was kind of like hit or miss. But like the, the 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 mentality that he came in with it was almost like they told him Hope was gonna be on there some shit. Or he, or or Khaled told him, look, these are the features I want you on this song. And Wayne wanted to go in with, you know what I'm saying, his knives sharpened. 
because he knew it was competitive mode. Because the last time he even worked with Ho was on his album. Well, he probably just asked, you know what I mean? Now in the days, nowadays, the best thing to do is just to ask, yo, who's going to be on this song with me? And from my understanding, like Wayne's turnaround was pretty quick anyway with it. They say I, he got it pretty quick. You, you would get, They say you would get it within a day. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's just my take on it. Because I listened to it five or six times. And I, I mean, that's one of the songs like, and it, the crazy part about it, the album is dope. The album is? The album is dope. I'll I'll be at work. I have my earbuds in at work and I'll just be going through shit, listen to Lloyd Banks a little bit. I listen to Game album. I listen to this and I listen to this all the way through. I I couldn't even get through Game's album because he was flapping flapping like a bapkin. Once I got to that Eminem record, I was like, nigga, hold hold on, bro. Flapkin like a bapkin. Using way too many napkins. you (laughs) You really like you, I feel like this, man. It's only because I rap. I rap with a competitive mindset. If you know that this is the dude that you want to really knock off his pedestal, you can't. Why you gonna do a song? Man? Why you gonna do a song trying to mimic mimic him? Especially if you're not gonna match at the very least his 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 capabilities. I was not impressed, man. I sat there. You know what? And after I listened to it. I went back and I listened to it again. And I said, all right, one more time. One more time. Go back and listen to just that. Just go back and listen to that song one more time. And I went back and I listened to it. When that nigga started talking about, I'm crazy. I was like, yeah, this is I was like, yeah, you losing me. Yep, this is losing me. Yep. Yeah. And he started talking about the whores and the mom and everything. I was like, yep. And then and then he went on to the whole uh Black skin and all this other shit. He, he started, you know, he went to the the proverbial race card shit. All right, all right. Eh. Yeah, we heard this before. We heard these pleas, and we heard different people talk about this. What you should have done was do to him what you did in three hundred bars. That's what you should have done. It should just rap, out rap them. If you felt like you could out rap them, just out rap them. Don't try to don't don't give. See what it is is games fan base should be the ones that he's doing it for, but instead he's trying to encroach on Eminem's fan base and convince them, and that's where the problem lies. You You're know? not gonna convince them, and he's not in that. He the game is. I don't want to say he's not. He he can rap, but he. I feel like. My nigga, all he had to do was rap. That's all he had to do was just rap. Dude is capable of solid albums. Yes. He is more than capable of solid uh, albums. What song is on there? That song with uh, Pusha T and uh, 2 Chains on that. That shit hard. That shit smokes. That's the one. That shit smokes. The one one they took took the one he did with with, uh, with Young Boy off. And he took. They took the one with uh, Nipsey off. When, mm. when when the one with Nipsey was on there, that shit smokes. I didn't even hear that. Yeah, they took it off. They took it off within a week because Black Sam, uh, Black Sam heard that shit. Was like, no, nah, you ain't gonna use my brother. You're not yeah. gonna use my brother for sales. Cut it. Because he never got the clearance to use it. Oh. It was an old song. He just updated the beat. Yep. Oh, Jason. Black Black Sam yeah, was like, no, nah, you're not gonna you're not gonna use my brother like that. And then a whack one hundred whack one hundred says something like 
that was to help the family out. And he's like, help the family how, my nigga? Like, you're not going to use my brother to push this album. But yeah, that, that song, when I got to that song, I was like, all right. So when it came on, I was like, okay, what, seven minutes? I was like, looking, I was like, he has to go bar crazy. Yeah, at some point. Because that's what I was thinking. I was like, he's going to get past the first couple minutes and he's going to do some regular, some, some, some regular shit, and then he gonna jump into that old bag he had, right? And you listening, and then he started talking to, you know, I was just like, I don't know what the fuck I'm listening to at this point. <laughs> I mean, and that's the thing about it, like, game, game, he got dudes talented as fuck as a writer. His pen is strong. Uh, but his imagination is where he's lacking it. That's why he does so much name. Yeah. That's why he do so many fucking <laughs> He do so many references in his songs. It's like that's like his brand. Like you don't get a game album, you don't get a game project, you don't get a game song without him referencing somebody or something. Yeah, that's how he moves. And I mean, it is what it is. Everybody got their gimmick or whatever the fuck. But dude, you got a solid album. You really and it's already too long. It's already the album already. It was like 18, 19 songs. It was longer than that, right? It was longer than that, bro. That shit was like twenties with twenty five. It was like a double album. Yeah, but you know what? You know that, and, and you guys know this because y'all are in the music industry. It's like they do that to just be able to stream all these different songs at once and try to make them. But it's just like, yo, but you got to come <laughs> with it. You got to come with the material that people are asking for. Because you have to also look back at it as like, all right, game is already kind of like he's already blackballed in a way from like the core of the, the rap game. Don't nobody go out and get game features on the albums. And he's like probably one of the ones you would expect to see on people's shit if he really can do it. And this is a dude with damn near the perfect image. And, and when I say perfect image, I'm talking about like the, as far as an artist and being from the street and everything mm-hmm. who can actually rap. And, and, and you know, it, and he, don't nobody go get game. And, and a nice looking guy, six foot three, six foot four. Like you, you go, yo, this dude is perfect. Oh man, I, I, I hate that you got me doing this. I'm sitting here like, what song has somebody put game on to be a feature? And I'm just like, he's got people featured on his shit. Yeah, like all Neo. They be good. Yeah, like, Neo, Rick he, Ross, all these different guys. Ross, you would think that. And they have delivered some of their best verses of their life on some shit that he did and even make it seem worse than he not. Nigga, two times not even dropped a, two chains don't even drop regular albums and he get more features. Oh, Rhymes don't even drop regular albums, he get oh. more features. You know what I'm saying? Game be mm-hmm. dropping albums every year and a half, every two years, and this nigga. Can't get a feature to save his life, but he could he could, <laughs> he could get motherfuckers on his album. This nigga can uh, rap, man. Talking about he should oh, retire. Dude, talented as fuck. Very it's, talented. Uh, it's his it's his penchant for beef, dog. Motherfuckers don't want to be associated with that shit, bro. It's almost like Freddie Gibbs, man. Like, dude, shut your mouth and just rap, my guy. Just focus on the rap. So okay, speaking of that, not the Freddie Gibbs, but the the just shut up and rap part, right? Did you hear the interview that uh, years ago, Drink Champs with uh, Pharrell on there? Did you guys hear that shit? Yeah. It was yeah. Like last year. Give yeah, I think, I think so. And Pharrell said, I asked the game and I talked to him. I sat him down and I talked to him. He said, if I do any more songs for you, you can't go at Jay-Z. 
You can't go at. I forgot. He named a bunch of guys as his friends. He said, you uh-huh. cannot insult these guys. And he said, and he said, uh, game said, all right, cool. I won't buy, I won't say nobody else's name. He did a bunch of songs for the game that was going to set game up and get game going. And he said, next thing you know, he's insulting the same people that he said he wasn't going to insult. And he said, he said, I just pulled away. He's like, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to work like that. You can't, you got no self-control. You know, self-control, bro. And he, he personalizing some industry shit. Like, dude, don't, I'm, I'm too old to believe in the bullshit. That's first and foremost. I'm too old to believe in the smoke and mirrors and the bullshit because I know what that real beef shit look like. Chicago is like the first time in, in rap history where you see in real time that beef what shit. What happened when, be- yeah. when real beef is actually happening. Yeah. We ain't talking about no industry or no rap beef. We are talking about when motherfuckers are legitimately from the streets and they are rapping and what's going to happen when they come across each other. My Someone nigga, is going to die. My nigga, you watch, we watch King Von become damn near the face of the drill scene, die as a result of him trying to, you know what I'm saying, confront some beef. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on, bro. We lost what, 20, 20 rappers over this shit? Like, this wasn't even like a moment where like a, a nigga was like just randomly just chilling and somebody shot up his car. This nigga ran up on a nigga. And the dude's buddy, his gave, buddy gave his ass the business. Yeah, lit him up. And I mean, and it's unfortunate, you know what I'm saying? God bless the dead. It's unfortunate, but we talking about a whole fucking mentality that really need to be quelled, bro. Like we gotta be a little bit better than that, man. And game is my age, bro. He can't be on that goofy shit. Come on. That's the thing about the game. I was gonna say it's like 44, 45, 46 years old. Well, he, he actually he actually close to my age. He's a little younger, unless he lied about his age. Cause I know at some point I, I saw I was floating around. He was like early 80s, whatever. But um he does stuff that's so childish and so like not something somebody that's 40 anything should be doing so that's what be making you cringe a lot of times and what he's doing yes he can give you a song here there but i haven't heard i feel like since his early albums he haven't gave us you know front to back dope ass joint it might be a song here there that you will mess around and play i invite you to go listen to his catalog and you'll probably change your mind about that that 1992 project was fire which oh yeah that was good the one with the black and white cover I think so that that project yeah that was good that was good yeah good. the I would say the doctor's advocate yeah but that's advocate. early that's no, an just, early this project. is just a, that's just a small example yeah, that was a good like, album, every bro. album got some smokers on them it's just that oh, the, industry, the industry is not getting behind promoting his shit because his it, reputation yeah it. it I, so <clears throat> I don't want to call him bipolar, but do be in and out of zones, man. And this is like he don't never pick a side long enough for you to say you can trust him. It seems like I don't know. That's how I look at. That's how I look at this shit, man. It's like it's unfortunate, bro, because I'm like I, I like his music. You know I, I do. I don't, I don't like his music is such though where I'm not like I'm not a hard I'm not a, a game fan. I'm a fan of his. I I, I appreciate his music. That's I'm what a, it is. I, it's hard to be a fan of a dude who just don't have no stability in, in 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 terms of like creativity. When he's locked in, I'm a fan of his pen. When game is really like <laughs> on it, like he's 
like second to none, bro. But all this extra shit that he does to accumulate attention is something a guy like that just doesn't need. Like you don't see a guy like Raekwon doing that for for attention. For attention. You don't hear about AZ doing something for attention. When I hear about AZ or Cormega having an album, I'm buying it based on the the penmanship and me being a a, 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 a lover of their pen and, and a respect and I respect their pen game. I don't buy it because they're they're dr- they're they're drudging up or they're they're bringing up all this drama and this excess bullshit. Like game got a nice pen. Like just stick to that. Like we don't need the extra shit. Even when they get to the point where they're on drink champs with Melissa Ford, and Melissa mm-hmm. Ford goes, I ain't know, I don't. She said, I never had any real association with dude. He said, <laughs> Melissa Ford with the Hondo Court. She said, I didn't even have a Hondo Court at the time. He's just rapping, just being a rapper. But what it is is he don't just say, "Hey, I was just rapping." He tried to stand on it like he just said some some of the truest shit ever. Yeah. You know? And, and the, re- the the problem with it is is like we are in a we now at we have. A, the the two the, the Venn diagram is down there in overlap circle. Whereas like you have the real and you have the contrived made up shit. And as time progresses, you start getting that overlap. And now this shit is like he he's the dude on the outside of that that overlapping circle because yeah, he's real in a lot of ways, but musically nobody's buying the bullshit. You see what I'm saying? And people will rather just, so many people. People would rather just go ahead and just leave him alone. And let him do him over there, then have that taint what they got going on. Hell, Kanye even working with him was like probably the biggest look he had. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And because that's probably the biggest single on the album. On Doctor's Advocate was that Angel? Oh, oh, the new one. No, yeah. you know yeah. what's crazy? I know the, um, the cat who produced that song. Um, I work with somebody that used to like run music camps and she like one of his homies, but he a good dude. That was like a big break for him, you know, because, you know, obviously a song with Kanye and Game on is like a big deal. And that was like a slap. That was actually, I remember when that dropped, everybody was like, oh, okay. He had a good verse, Kanye, you know. And it, and it's a, and it got a, like, it got a decent little vibe to it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I can hear it. I can, I can imagine like walking into a bar and it's going hard in California yeah. too, because like I said, it's the local, you know, it's game, and then the dude from here that made the beat. So that man, I done been out a couple times. It definitely is a slap when you out for sure. Yeah, I, I was just uh, my my whole thing with that was just that all dude got to do is just work, fix the music, work on the music, and everything else will fix itself. I, you have nothing. Everything to fifty. Everything don't got have to have anything to do with your relationship with Fifty. Don't or let just or just beef in general. Like, wh- why do you keep going to beef? Because he's not creative. Like, like Six said, he that's why he named out all this other stuff because he's limited. He, he has the ability to make great rounds, but his vocabulary is limited. And see. Uh, it's funny. I remember Ghostface it was doing an interview and he said something like, man, compared to Genius and all these other cats, I was limited. But he used a style in a way to like mask his limited abilities that he felt was there from a you know writing standpoint as far as knowing more words because of the way he would like string shit together that 
now that I listen to it now, I'm like, damn, this actually was saying something that made sense. He just really had deep, deep, deep metaphors and similes in his shit that it wasn't even like right off the bat. You like, oh yeah, this is this. And you need to know certain slang. Like he was on, the, on some other shit. I think what what's missing is the the idea that um when you align yourself with street shit, you automatically box yourself in. Whereas when you can just be on some old, if you can use street style, but have a style of your own conjoint to it, you can be a ghost face. You can be a Buster Rhymes. You can be a Jay-Z. You can be a, you know what I'm saying? You can do these things. Like you can be a Cameron. You can kind of like, you can hyper extend the lineage of your career because once you start aligning yourself with actual real street shit, like gang culture and blah, 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 it, it, it limits the scope of how you can actually mm-hmm. express yourself musically and creatively. So that's why I like Wayne taking a break from the game because from the rap game, from like, you know, being locked down, uh, Birdman not putting out his album, it kind of gave him a reprieve. Game never, only only reprieve game ha- ever had was court cases. You see what I'm saying? So it's like when game rapping, when he's on the mic and he start rapping, it's usually that that same idea that he he's going to serve you. He's going to give you the same idea. I'm, that, I'm, the, I'm, the, I'm the biggest blood you ever heard in your life. I'm the Snoop Dogg of Bloods. And yeah, even think Snoop, about but even, even, even with outside yeah. of Crippin, his rebrand outside of Crippin makes him a bigger entity than just the culture of the streets. Because he just didn't Crip. Right. He just didn't Crip. He, he made business ventures. He's a brand. He made business. He made brands. And then he brought the Crippin into it. This dude seems to think that it has to be about him being the biggest, baddest motherfucker that there is. And I got to I got to stomp on everybody neck. I got to show you. And the, and the thing about that is in the industry, they are they like that shit, but they're kind of taken back by that shit at the same time, especially if there's no movement with it. That's why 50 is a, a good example of rebranding in the in the right way, because even though like 50 talk all the shit in the, wor- in the world trolling on social media, but his business his business acumen, his brand. He, he always attaches business to anything that he's doing. Yep. He he wants to remind you that it's business first. Yep. He gonna talk shit, but it's business first. And the other thing with Fifth that he said, if you ever paid attention, he says, I never jump out the window and ask for beef until you say that you want beef. Mm-hmm. I never do it until you say you want a problem. When you say you want a problem, then I show you, I say, okay, here's, here's a problem. I got it, I got it right here on stock, right here. It's on the shelf. Right. You know what I'm saying? What size you want? Yeah, he, he ain't the one to call out because he be really waiting. Yeah, like, he be, okay. Okay. But you're talking about so you're talking about a guy a guy like that who understands what being in, in some shit really mean. Who else he gonna go home and get? See, that's why I, I like I'm looking at game and I'm wondering, like, why hasn't his management team or anybody actually been successful at like aligning him with like a brand that that'll actually extend him outside of the music game because all his money can't just be in beefing with people his money i, I don't know what his investment portfolio looks like it might i don't might either but he might be associated with some dope shit but it that sh- shouldn't that lead shouldn't that be like what he he presents to you like look i'm also into nfts or i'm off also real big in bitcoin or whatever the hell the crypto scene is looking at now dude, this is I'm a also, dude that's six i got a deal man with, i got a deal with diodora some shit like that you know what i'm saying 
You should be doing athletic shit, man. Men's warehouse or something, goddammit. Something. You, know <laughs> you should be you should be in suits, Ralph Lauren clothes, something, bro. Six foot three, six foot four. You should man, be doing all, all type of Man, ain't no so, just just for perspective, right? Because game actually have the look that everything that you're saying he should be able to do. Gucci man, Gucci man has been in Gucci advertising. Gucci again, so, another and, successful rebrand. Oh man, didn't he? Did, I I don't know if I've ever seen anybody go to jail. And literally looked like he went to the spot and came out better. Then went in there really? fat, gross. He got exfoliated and, and shit. And K, right. Come <laughs> skin looking better. He was going. I was like, man, what were you doing in there? I'm scared to ask him besides went, working out. He went that right man. across from where Martha Stewart used to be. Man, that man what came out cut up like a $50 slab, man. I said, look man. at this dude, man. Is he is that the real? Is that the real goop? And see, that's the crazy thing. I had went to see him. Uh, one of my homegirls just had like some random tickets. She was like, "Oh, you want to see Gucci Mane?" I was like, "Sure, why not?" So <laughs> we go. His live show because um, he's lost so much weight, got so healthy, breath control. He jumping around like I know back in the day trying to do show. He probably couldn't do it way he can now he older because he in just better shape right doing burpees and shit mm. could you pause that for a second i gotta get some water because my voice is starting to sound i do not remember what we were talking about but on to the subject of trauma do you think a good percentage of people can recognize their trauma, whether it be inside or out, the things that are triggering them or from the outside, whether it be something someone's saying, a TV, or the things on the inside. Do you think people know how to understand and understand it and process it? Because I don't. I don't. I don't think so. I mean, I think that at best a person who may be having went to therapy has like an understanding of things that happen to them that could have an effect on their behavior, but they don't know anything deeper and I guess analyzed clinically if they actually went to somebody or something like that. So they just managing it barely because they kind of have a self-awareness, but a lot of people don't even have a self-awareness. So they just out here fucking around and people don't even have any accountability for the way they move because they're not even thinking about how they might actually have deeper mental issues, anything like that. You know how many bipolar people running around and don't know it and they be snapping on people all the time and you need to be wondering why they don't, they don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Let me ask so. you though, uh, C class, because I never, I don't think I've ever seen you ever lose your temper. <laughs> Not to the point of like destruction or some shit that I do. Mm -hmm. Like, I've never mm -hmm. seen you tear shit up. What do you attribute that 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 to? I don't know. I mean, I, I can get that mad, and I have gotten that mad, but 
I think my mentality always is just like whatever I can control, I'm going to do my best to control. If it's something out of my control, I'm just kind of going to go with the flow of what's going on and try to be more reactive to a situation versus, you know, just losing my temper. Now, every once in a while, there's some shit that'll happen that is defies logic or something like that to where it's hard to wrap your head around it being for some type of beneficial thing. And then, of course, that's when the rare Creed Hulk comes out and he acting a fool, but that's super, super, super rare. I can't even remember the last time I'd have been that bad. Yeah, I don't. <clears throat> I don't, and this is real, like, this is for real, like, I I don't recall many instances where I've seen you, like, lose your crew. Mm-hmm. I mean, have you seen me in situations where if you were me, would you have lost your cool? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yes. And But, but you got to remember, back then at that point in time, you could have looked at me wrong and I might have, you know... <laughs> I, I don't think you was that bad. No, <laughs> I, okay, yeah, I wasn't that bad, but it, it's been it, it there. It didn't take too much. It didn't take too much. Okay. Um, do you remember that time we were? I think we were up north, and I think you had just you know cop some Guido, and we were leaving back from Steve's place. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? And I think the guy was trying to rob us. Oh wow! Do you remember that? Vaguely. I remember it being like a kind of uh, hairy situation over there. Yeah, and I peeped it. I peeped it before. I was like, "Yo, I don't think my man. I don't think he really want to do that." Mm, you remember remember. that? I remember now. I I was in go. (laughs) I was in go mode right then and there, and I was really like holding on to him. I was like, "Yo, if he, if he, if he, if he do it, you know, like he's not gonna make it." Like you're not gonna make it. I was like, "Yo, my man, you should go the other way." Like it's a bad, it's bad timing for you. Bad time. I remember that. I remember bad that. time. You had remember, we we had yeah. just left uh, your man's spot. Y'all was smoking. I was chilling. I was like, "Cause I'm on pins and needles. I don't know. I don't know your buddy. I've been in situations like that before. I, you know what I mean. I'm just trying to be on my p's and q's. Yeah, I think that was like the first time I had to introduce y'all or something. Cause we ended up working together on another thing on so a project yeah a lot yeah down the line yeah but the, it was one of those times and not only was i cool about it but i was like on the inside i was on fire i was like yo i mm. I, I dare you i dare you i'm asking you like yo go the other way i'm asking you to but on the inside like man i fucking dare you i fucking dare you man i'll set you at I'm trying just, I feel like I remember, I'm trying to remember where we were. Was it when we were over by uh by the lake, my closer to the lake, over by like Sheridan? I think so. Okay. I know, I, I know exactly what, okay, I remember. Because that area was nice, but it was just like a random person. We were leaving and heading, we were leaving and heading back to the red line, I, I think. Okay. Okay. And this guy had like I we I had seen him like a couple times already while we walking. I'm like, okay, that's twice. That's right. <laughs> Rogers Park, right? 
was uh over about uh <laughs> Sheridan. That's what the Paul. We was out, but we we wasn't all the way up that far. We, I, we was actually closer to Clark, I think. Actually, okay. I think about it. I got you. I got you. Yeah, I was uh, I was fuming. I was like, yeah, I don't want to. I want to go home, but I will flame your ass up in a, in a hot second. Like, give it to me. But yeah, so for me, I never seen you get get upset, and I always wondered that. Like, even when he would get upset, six, you would see him and. Like he would just stomp it out. Like he would walk through the house a little upset. You know what I'm saying? Do what he do what he need to do, and he would get control. And then he'd talk to you about it. I was like, "Yo, you better than me, bro." <laughs> I'm gonna tell you what it is, bro. I don't know. I don't know like your upbringing or anything, Creed. I I just kind of view it from a different way of uh, just a different perspective, a different scope. Like I watched how my mom deal with shit, and watched how my dad deal with shit. Mm-hmm. Me, me being at the age I am now, I know a whole lot more about them and their upbringing than I did when I was a kid. But my observation told me I want to be more like my dad and how he handles stress and how he handles bullshit than how my mom handles things. My mom used to go off the fucking handle. Mm-hmm. My mom used to be, my mom was the one that was more with the corporal punishment shit. My dad would like sit us down, talk us through the shit, put us on punishment for a week or two. Shit, I think I was on, on punishment for an entire summer for some shit I did. You know what I'm saying? My mom, my mom would be the one that like want to break out the belt, the extension cord, and all this old crazy shit and want to start, you know what I'm saying, slave whooping a nigga. You know what I'm saying? Because she mad. <clears throat> and that that still don't be enough because now I got to stand in the corner or now I got to go do this. Now I got to go do that. You, you do what I'm saying? So it's like yeah. there, there is no there is no limit to it and there's no, there's no, no resounding resolution yeah because i know after getting those whippings from my mom i always wanted to go and do that to somebody else and this kind of take me back to what we were talking about earlier about how like uh how those people manage their shit Mm. you see what i'm saying it's like i feel like what it is is for me like i i i got a temper on me but i learned how to kind of like quell it i learned how to put it every put everything in proper perspective and manage things in a certain way i know how to communicate You know what I'm saying? I'm, a, I'm an active listener. I listen well because I don't want to ever be, I've never, and I've never been in a situation because of this, where I've misconstrued somebody's words for something else and it affected me emotionally. I'm hearing what you're saying. If it's, if I'm not hearing, if I feel like maybe you misspoke, I'm going to ask you to explain what you just said to me. Maybe I sound stupid asking you to, to explain it to me, but explain it to me like I'm a fucking seven-year-old. That way I can get a better understanding of what you really mean. Because now because I'm already feeling it bubble up. And my reaction, you might not appreciate my reaction. So that's like, and I get that from my dad. That's how my dad's always been. He's very calculated in the way he was in the military. You know what I'm saying? He, he wasn't necessarily raised. He got his whoopings and shit like that, but he wasn't raised in a household where whoopings was like just passed down like fucking, <coughs> like fucking sentences. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that's kind of how it is with me. And I can see that in my kids. Like my kids are very thoughtful in that way too. Like they got tempers on them too, but they real, they're very meticulous about how they manage their, their anger because I always told them, I said, you get out here in the world, everybody ain't gonna respond to your tantrum the way you want them to respond to it. People gonna, everybody's got some, got some shit on their plate too. You see what I'm saying? Like you ain't the biggest dog in the yard. You might feel like you're the biggest dog in the yard. You might be the baddest dog in the yard in your head until that motherfucker up a pistol, 
You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> stab you, motherfucker hit you in the head with a brick, motherfucker call a homie, signal a homie, whatever the fuck, because y'all don't see eye to eye. And that goes back to what I was saying about the whole idea of like men wake up every day with the thought that hopefully I don't have to kill a nigga today, but hopefully I don't end up dead today. You see what, what? I'm saying? That goes back to like, just on the topic of trauma. When we're dealing with like all our past issues, we walk around with that shit, that baggage. Our generation, especially being Gen X and millennial, we don't necessarily have the tools in place as like the new kids. A lot of these kids are real smart when it comes to their, their trauma uh, triggers and shit like that. They talk about that shit. They openly discuss it. That's why they sound so fucking emotional to us. We can't relate to it because they're openly discussing shit that we would normally keep to ourselves. Yeah. And that's the that's the difference. They're actually saying something. I don't feel good about that. I don't like the way, I don't like the way you talk to me. And that's kind of what I mean, cancel culture is right. rooted in. Cancel oh, definitely. Definitely. Say it again, six. I said cancel culture is rooted in them being vocal about their trauma triggers and shit like that. You see what I'm saying? Like it's it's been it's a lot of that shit. It's like motherfuckers who have family members who who was okay like family members who was given the green light to whoop you family members who was given the green light to do whatever you don't even know they was given this fucking authorization you just know that this family member is allowed to do it and boom here we go (laughs) now this motherfucker going above and beyond because you ain't they kid (laughs) you did what i'm saying so they going they going to do more to you than they would do to somebody else or their own child because you got you know what i'm saying you ain't their child it's just a lot of that shit like I, I can think back like when i was growing up in the 80s and shit and the arvin gresham and in inglewood neighborhood n- neighborhoods and seeing how families interacting and how a lot of that shit kind of spilled over into the way we move today we celebrate a lot of dumb shit because of our traumas yeah we kind of we kind of like we demonize anything that don't even necessarily even need to be demonized strictly because it's a foreign concept to us because yeah. we can't relate to it even something that's good, we, we use yeah. a bad term for it. Dude, we don't even want nobody, like our generation is the generation, our generation and the generation before us is the generations that don't accept criticism well. We don't like any type of feedback. We don't want anybody <laughs> to give us any type of feedback, any type of positive, negative, anything. We can't take it. And immediately we go into defense. Like, what the fuck you talking about, nigga? Who the fuck you talking to? You know what I'm saying? We go right for it. We don't ever think about like, damn, Maybe if this motherfucker didn't give a shit, he probably wouldn't say it or she wouldn't say it. Or maybe this person has a valid point and I'm just not viewing it pr- properly because I'm in my feelings right now. Yeah. We immediately feel like ain't nothing wrong with me. Let me listen to this person so I can figure out how to get better at what, what it is I'm doing. Exactly. I see it all the time, dude. It kind of like, it, it, it's, it's, it's concerning, but I see a bright side on the other side of it, mainly because the younger generation like I had conversations with my. I husband. feel like there was a person that used to be around this group that used to be like they used to be like that too. Who that? Brandon. <coughs> yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, Brandon is a uh, Brandon was as for as talented as he was. Not just criticism, but giving him ideas to improve something always rubbed him wrong because you was always telling him that he didn't know what he was doing. And his, the way he interpreted it was, "Nigga, you 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 stupid. You know you know what you're doing. You hating. 
him saying instead of him looking at it like, well, I'm a, I'm in, I'm part of the fold. Obviously, what the outcome is, what they're what they're looking for is for the betterment of everybody. Maybe I should listen. And he never took it that way. His thing was, yeah, basically what you're saying. Um, or fuck you, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. It ain't your vision, and I'm still gonna do what the fuck I'm gonna do because you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. But but Bokin, man, that was a classic. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe you peep something I ain't peep, but and it might have been ahead of his time. I, maybe I was absolutely. <laughs> I just know what I know what a finished product, even regardless of what the genre is, I know what a finished product should sound like. And to me, it just didn't it sounded very thrown together. I think I know where that comes from now. After listening to our high school teacher, our uh, commercial arts teacher, the deep house, he was copying some of that shit. Uh, that's fine. The deep go listen to Mr. Baker's um deep house music. Like you, you're gonna go, oh, this is the way he was getting some of this shit from. You know what's funny? He so Brandon right now, when Drake dropped his album over the summer, that was the house album, he was probably like, these niggas copying. Like straight be. up. Wow. Like I mean, but Drake was using what Afro beats or whatever. Drake has always been like assimilating and shit like that though. Oh, the whole time. But he kind of like, and I don't even really knock it. It, it kind of remind me of um, Madonna because he kind of in a lane more in a poppy lane, and she used to really just do a whole oh, genre for our album. You know, like every time I think for years it would just be a different genre every time she dropped something. So. He's trying to, you know, dip his toes and he's getting older. You got to try different shit. I ain't mad. I'm sure that shit's slapping overseas. I know we're making a lot of money with it. I mean, and I'm again, I'm not my whole thing about it. And, I, and after this, I'm off the branding topic. My whole thing was just strictly like quality control. I'm just all about quality control, bro. Like we 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 move as a unit, right? <clears throat> Ready to F- fam wanted to do what he wanted to do, though, and it was like it didn't it didn't meet the standard in terms of quality. I don't care about like, dude. If we if you want to do an Afro Beats album, if you want to do a, a Jungle Beats album, whatever the fuck, make it dope, bro. Just don't make it sound like it's just some shit you just shook in, shook up in a bag and pour it out on the table. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh man, like some like some Dungeons and Dragons dice and shit. And here's and yeah, fuck, move on, move, move it on. Because it was like yeah, when I heard that shit, I was like, my nigga, what did I just listen to? All right, um, <clears throat> do you think that some of these content creators are actually reporting the news that's going on in our black communities? And I'm talking about the white ones the Adam 22s and all those guys. Do you think that they're actually reporting what's going on or are they like taking, adv- taking advantage of the situation and like creating more trauma? Because I, I believe they create more trauma and 
and, and they're making their demon. It, to me, it looks like they're demonizing us while while saying, "Hey, look at what these look at what these motherfuckers are doing over here." And, I, and I'm, I'm. It depends on who their core band <clears throat> market is, man. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't really watch Adam Twenty Two like that. I've watched maybe like three or four of his uh, episodes. I had to, but it's all it's all horrible shit. I stopped watching Vlad years ago strictly because, no. like, you know, it's like it was the same shit over and over again. And it was like, and so I, but I honestly feel like it all begins with us. Facts, facts. It all starts with us, you know what I'm saying? It all starts and it all starts with us and ends with us. It's one of those situations like they get, they don't have no content to produce if we don't give it to them. Yeah, but them young dudes don't know what they're talking about when they get in front of them cameras either. Like they they don't know that they're not supposed to be talking about street shit. A lot of them don't know that. Before they start doing them interviews, they be doing the music. Before they start doing the music, they drilling. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's it's a it's it's a spillover. That's what it is. The shit. It's a again that Venn diagram overlap. And then you talking about uh, oh, I get to go on Vlad or Adam Twenty Two. He got a big following, so now I get to go out here and get my name out here. You don't even need dude. Dude needs you. Oh, but see that, <laughs> bro. These niggas got trauma. These niggas want to get it out. That instead of going on a therapist and talk, going to a therapist and talking about it, they go into this platform. Well, why go on that man platform and talk about? Who else they gonna talk to? They ain't nobody <laughs> to talk to. Who they gonna talk to? Because if you listen to them, most of these niggas they really just getting shit off their chest. These niggas ain't threatening nobody on these on these things. All they're doing is like I've been shit. sitting on shit for for years. Or yeah, months. they just saying yo, I had a problem with this person, and this is what I did about it. This motherfucker want to listen, so I'm gonna just say it. And they not thinking long term. They thinking I finally got that off my chest. <laughs> And we're talking young niggas who don't have nothing. No, I mean, they, you need to have the tools in place to understand that that type of intelligence. If you don't have that, that level of intelligence, you fucked anyway. You might as well go to the lady who work at the cash register at the fucking grocery store and confess all that shit. <laughs> at least she ain't, she gonna forget about it in a minute. You know what I'm saying? But to go on those platforms, for one, that platform aligns with what, what they're trying to do money-wise. They just don't realize that it's just not the best look for their brand because they do become a brand once they become once they join the music industry and shit like that yeah they do but i just don't like the, the way it plays out you, you're sitting there looking at it and they're talking about these horrific trump traumatic experiences that they had and they're not necessarily glorifying glorifying what they did but to the person who was hurt on the other side you're talking about something that happened and they're a victim so it just, you know, just more victims get created. And it's just like these guys, they don't really care about the people that they could actually get hurt or the people that they are hurting in the process, man. That's just me. That's why I kind of view it the way I view it. Like, think about it like this. Nori never asked about street shit. Nori got some of the dopest interviews you ever see in hip hop. And he never go into their street shit. He want to talk about their career. He'll talk about little stories that people already know about, but he'll never go about going to the rumors and shit like that. But he know better than to do that because he knows as an older gentleman, he knows what comes with that. It's even bigger than that, bro. It's bigger than that. It's bigger than just that knowledge. It's also he he respects the the autonomy of these individuals because he was in that other he was in that seat before. That's what I'm saying. Battle 22 was never in that seat before. Vlad was never in that seat before. You know what I'm saying? Nori came from the streets rapping and shit like that. He went through his his legal situations and shit like that. And he then he doesn't want to tarnish relationships either. So why 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 do that? Whereas Adam 22 and Vlad don't care about those relationships. These niggas ain't gonna be around anyway in the next few. 
they don't care. That's why they don't. That's why they don't interview noteworthy rappers at all. Nobody that's got actually anything going on about to go on that show any damn way. By the same token, it's like it's a it's already the, the snowball has already built up. It's already coming downhill in terms in terms of like the way that generation is moving. Like the, the shit is bigger than just those interviews. And I wish we could get a hold of some of them on and have interviews with them. And you know, there's definitely a way to do it. Just get some spit some game to them and try to get them into a, a better mindset like we've been doing over the years. We've That's helped awesome. some. I appreciate like even with Gilly and Wallow on a million dollars worth of yeah. game, their interviews, like when they do have those interviews with those guys, I remember the last interview they did with King Von and it was like talk, trying to talk some sense to him and they weren't like preaching at him, but they was like, look, giving us some perspective. You know what I'm saying? And unfortunately the shit went a different did way. Not, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it was going to go a different way because life moves that way. You know what I'm saying? You, you attract the energy you put out. Man. Ooh. I mean, it's like, Ooh. It's just it, it is what it is. And you know, saying again, God bless the dead. You know, saying I I don't I don't know the kid. You know, saying I don't know his family, nothing like that. But I, it hit close to home because I'm from that area. You know, and saying? and not just not just that, but to think about his mom, she lost all her sons now. Mm. And see, this is a this is the bi- bro. I don't even want to go into that. Oh, I'm thinking about some. I'm thinking about FBG Duck. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm thinking about FBG Duck. I don't know about Vaughn. But even still, bro. But even still, you know, this conversation we done had a hundred times where we I always talk about the importance of fathers and shit like that, man. Yeah. You know, role models. I always, I always, it always circle back to that shit for me. To me, it always go back to that because ain't nobody, nobody going to be more just being a father, speaking from a father's perspective. I am so absolutely 100, me, my brother, my dad, my cousins, we all 100% hyper protective over ours. You know what I'm saying? The mother can only do so much. She only knows so much. She don't have, like, I feel like we are genetically wired to be this way. It ain't just a decision. Right. But there are some men who just don't lock into it because the way they were raised or just because she was just a piece of pussy and she got pregnant. He probably said, don't have that baby because I ain't going to be around. And she had that (laughs) way. And she, now she raising her, her son and some other niggas kids alone and they got to find out manhood on their own and the way they find out manhood is in random ass streetways in a lot of cases yeah, and music horrible music and I'm, I'm, I'm not even blaming the music bro music, art imitate life drill music ain't been yeah. drill music is a byproduct of these niggas just they knew they wanted to rap but the only thing they had to rap about was these experiences so they went to the studio or they they buddy had a fucking FL studio kit and a fucking and uh maybe cake a little make a makeshift mic and, and some shit yeah. set up in the closet and they made it happen. They invented some shit. They invented their own lane and yeah. it just so happened that it popped off. They were they rapping were- about sliding and other people. And it was and it wasn't intended to go mainstream. It was intended to go directly to the niggas they was talking to. Yes, we want you to hear what we're gonna, what we've been doing over there. Somebody said, you know what? Let's put it on YouTube. And it went on YouTube, and YouTube is the vehicle to make that shit pop off, especially when you got visuals. Yeah, Chief Keith out here in um, LA 
and he's still doing well off of the stuff from back then, and he didn't parlay that into other businesses and all that stuff. That boy is not dumb. <laughs> so, I, as, you know, a lot of them guys you would see like, oh, you know, you don't hear from them, so you would be thinking they didn't fell off. Like, he actually was, man, he kind of probably not fully there unless he really on it, but what's that rapper that kind of dipped off a chameleon there? He got into investing, all this other stuff. Like, he didn't got into real estate, all type of other stuff, so he's smart. He took advantage of the the opportunity of having that money. Yeah, chameleon there went and got into tech, so he's he's really good. I believe that what happens is, and this is just my my, my observation, because when I was younger, you know what I'm saying, rolling with a set and you know what I'm saying, with the GDs and shit like that, and actually just being a part of something, that's trauma bonding, bro. And it's no different than what you, what you see now, it's trauma bonding. You bonded with people who got shared experiences, shared ideas, you know what I'm saying? This is like, you you actually have somebody who actually say they got your back for a change. Yeah. You, know what I'm you feel and, like you earn a respect and, 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 and getting love back in return. And then you starting to see consequences for bullshit behavior back in the day. You know what I'm saying? If a motherfucker violate, he got to pay for what he did. You know what I'm saying? You're starting to see this shit in real time. It ain't just a bunch of threats. It ain't mm-hmm. just like yelling at you and, 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 and making you go wash dishes or some goofy shit. It's somebody actually holding you accountable because young boys are trying to become men one day. And they, if they don't have anybody at home to actually point them in that direction, they start looking for it. They start searching. And that's one of the, that's one of the things I see. Like it's, it's a lot of motherfuckers out here searching and there's, they, don't have any, they don't have any hope in sight. Uh, the nearest thing is where they're going to stop it. You know what I mean? That's that. That's how it works. The same thing with young girls when they out here fucking around and and, and building and, and stacking up bodies and shit like that. They say body count don't matter. If it didn't matter, mm-hmm. they wouldn't lie about it. You know what I'm saying? If body boop. count didn't matter, they wouldn't lie about it. <laughs> bong, bong. Boop, boop. Bong, bong. But again, like they they out here fucking looking for looking for love. You know what I'm saying? Looking for for companionship. Looking for somebody who gonna love them the way they. They they learned that love's supposed to look. And what happens is they start running across these other people who got trauma, traumatic experiences, you know what I'm saying, stockpiled, and they make a child and bring a child into this world who don't who has no clue as to what fucking life they about to live. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it becomes a cycle. And there's some really uh hurt young men and young women out here, man. You, yeah, you're hearing about some of them, you know, they're coming from situations where the parents are in the home, they're being beat or they're raising themselves and their siblings. Um, and some of them are taking these crazy ass drugs, putting these drugs in their system. And they jump, you know, and they they doing suicide missions, man. So, man, exactly. Literally, I had um, saw I had a, a message on check my iPad. I saw a news blurb go by. Some kid is, um, I'm not sure where it is. I think it's um, over east from me. I'm in California right now. But literally, this kid is going on a shooting spree from a car just shooting people. And he like 18 years old. And he black. I was kind of like, they don't sound like our MO typically, but... They all wild and now like a lot of the stuff that used to be like, oh, you know, they white. What? This is not a white person. Yeah. <laughs> you know how it used to be like the real crazy stuff would be. I some... got a theory, bro. I hmm. got a, I got a 
theory. It's something I've been thinking on the last few years. It's actually, I thought about it real hard after uh, little homie uh, Kobe Jordan got his shirt on. You know, and he, after he passed and shit, it had me really thinking because I thought about all the conversations we used to have. He used to always kind of like romanticize about his dad's street life and shit like that. Mm. About how his dad, what his dad's reputation was in the street. And then I thought about the way he died and shit. It's like a lot of these guys, man, they out here in these streets just search, like I said, they searching, right? And they 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 so traumatized, they want to be heard, they want to be seen, they want to be heard. And as much as they kind of vocalize or whatever to whoever it is close to them, they don't feel like that motherfucker is actually acknowledging what they're listening to. So they they go to extreme measures to get that out. You know what I'm saying? White boys do it, white boys been doing it forever. Black kids been doing it forever. It's just we live in a day and age now where everything is kind of like commodified. So you can kind of put it on in news. You can put it on in, on social media, and it, and it, it it trends. It becomes a trending topic. And a lot of these kids just want to be trending topics so motherfuckers can recognize that I was going through something. I remember talking to talking to uh, Kobe, um, and he was upset with me for a while. You know, because he was talking about his dad being in the street and everything like that. And, you know, I was like, that's cool. I was like, but don't you want to be out here to live longer than what that was and be be able to turn your life into something that actually matters? I was like, if you end up dead or in jail, both you guys have failed. And he was just he was upset with me and he didn't want to talk to me uh, for a while. Because you said something that didn't compute. Yeah. Yeah. And he was like, man, fuck you. You don't know what you're talking about. I was like, if you die from the same thing that he was doing, then that is a fail. There, there was no other way to, for me to tell it to him. Like, yo, you, the other way to just say it, you guys are just failures. You ain't no legend. You know what I'm saying? You ain't gonna, grow, you ain't gonna die a legend because of that shit. They, it's like, they, I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's almost like the movies. They kind of look at their life like this shit is a movie. You cannot bounce back from, from that other side. I haven't seen nobody come back and tell me what's over there. <laughs> I know people have been shot one time. I know people that's been shot 12 times. Ain't none of them come back and be like, yo, it's crazy over there. Man, we don't even know. Like that shit be that shit could be absolute lights out. That's it. No more, no more spark. It could be set. You know, it could be a number of different outcomes. We don't know what the other side of that should look like, but ain't nobody ever came back and told us. No, and you you out here playing with that shit, like, dude, that is a fail. If you get out here and you try that shit, and it turns out bad, that's a fail. And the way he went out is unfortunate. It's sad, but at the same time, I I wasn't even too surprised, man. I was like, God damn, bro. It's kind of like what what we were were were, were expecting. Like, this is a dude who thought that he should live his life until the very end on some gangster shit. Mm-hmm. And he got his wish. Put the same energy out there, come back to you. And hey. <clears throat> I mean, it's going back all the way back to when we was young with Tupac. All them songs he talked about death and gonna die. And all this, it's like, Words have power. If you keep saying some over and over again, you you're casting a spell over your life. If you keep saying some over and over again, it's gonna happen. The term spelling words. Spelling. You oh, spell. I know. Casting a spell. Mm-hmm. All letters are are fucking symbols. You you align the symbols. <clears throat> 
a spell and then you say it out loud and you're casting a spell as you speak. Mm-hmm. Say it 20 times. <laughs> but when you when when you actually start converting those things into action and you start treating life like a fucking video game or a movie, then that's when you start realizing that, you know what I'm saying, you push, you, you know what I'm saying, you, you stare into the abyss, it stares back at you. <laughs> you know what I mean? It will require something of you, man. That's that's life in general. Like we all, we already gonna go. Why force it, man? It? It's already that's we that's a gamble. We don't even need to bet on that. It's going. <laughs> you got to prepare for it. You gotta do is just be ready. Do it. Do it as much do. as you can, and you don't even get to watch the clock because you don't. The clock is hidden from you. That's a stressful situation. That's a stressful situation to be looking over your back, and that's why motherfuckers. That's why when I said what I said in the in the uh, chat, you know what I'm saying? When Shorty jumped out the window, like <laughs> stress, bro. Motherfuckers be like, sometimes, sometimes the the amalgamation of all the different things you got to deal with in life can be too much for certain people. You know what I'm saying? We don't know what those things look like. She might have been dealing with abuse. She could have been dealing with financial issues. It could have been a uh threats on her life it could have been we don't know we don't know she could have you know been thinking about the way her father may have abused her sexually she could have been she had with her man yeah she could have been taking care of a whole household of people it could have been a number of things bro and you don't gotta you ain't gotta ask for death that's your coming but that's the only that's the only way besides living your life to the fullest that's the only way you take control of those are the only two ways you can take control of it live your life to the fullest while you're here or just walk out. Just go ahead and just clock out. Because when it's done, it's done. That's why i like, man, ain't no use in being afraid. Just do your thing, man. Yeah. And don't put yourself in situations where you're already challenging the, the, the inevitable. Don't fucking... We're going to tempt death. What do you look like tempting death? That was a little, a little baby bar you threw in there. <laughs> I heard that. Hey, <laughs> death. You can't, you can't, you can't fuck around with, with, with Buddy, man. Nope. Buddy will answer the call. Like you, th- oh, you think I'm gonna play with you? Me in a room yeah. right now. Yeah, you chilling. Like, <laughs> up on you, see if, you know what I'm saying? I ain't here for you yet, but I'm checking. I just want y'all. To, I heard my name. Mm-hmm. You said you speak me up. I, 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 I turn up in the room. I think that's happening though is that because we're at our, we're at this uh point in our society where we've we've already reached the pinnacle and now we're on a decline. We've reached our highest high and we believe that we can come back and just and go even higher, but we don't realize that everything that it took to get to that particular high has already diminished. Right. So now we are on a part where it has to get worse for it to get back up, for it to go back up again. And we're fighting against it getting worse. Instead of just uh, just going with it and figuring out the solutions to the problems and working our way through so we can come back, we're swimming against that current. You know what I'm saying? We got a lot of of racial shit happening right now. We got a lot of uh, interpersonal shit between men and men, women and women, men and women. We're throwing in the mix of uh, all this gender identity shit. Uh, all the all the different policies and politics that that didn't have anything to do with us making it to the first high have been added to the equation, 
and we're expecting to just bounce back just because by virtue of us being good people. But nobody is truly a good person, man. Nobody. What it, what is it? We have only we only achieved success success through hardened times. Yeah, that's so, the only. So way. Once the hardened times go away, that's because society has gotten soft. So to achieve those hardened uh, great times again, we have to go through the soft moments where where we and then go through the struggle all over again. It's one of those things. It's like a test. It's like you you go through like think about it, like you go through the whole school year, and you got to learn all this bullshit that you feel like is just wasting your time. And then they you get these little pretests and these quizzes and shit like that. You don't feel like doing that shit. But then the big tests come. And how you know whether or not you pass or fail is you got to go through it. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and two things happen. You either don't take the test and you absolutely confirm you failed. Or you put your best foot forward and just take what, what come at you. You know what I'm saying? Or you study hard for it and you make sure you study properly for it. Prepare yourself for it. And then you at least improve the odds that you succeed yeah and then you just go through it you know knowing that you're going to do better than what you thought you know exactly, that you prepared that you prepared yeah i've done none of the preparation we are not prepared for anything right now bro yeah i think this next Why? move that i think this next move that they about to try gonna be gonna be crazy it's gonna be catastrophic yeah mm. i think it's gonna be crazy we're, we're in the uh we're in the for the first time in the history of the united states being the world leader in uh in the war economy we have the least prepared military because the new class of military soldiers that are going in or, or even enlisting aren't physically fit enough to be soldiers. They're, they're too soft. And they're not mentally strong the way that people were before because soft. you got to think, come on, like, Think about who who's the majority of the newer, you know, the newer recruits are all these people that was born in the 21st century, like literally born in the 21st century. So they have had every technological advantage. advantage that you could think of that we gradually got over time. So we remember how it was before, so we're not so married to the stuff like the They're way they react to text messaging and all these different things is so much more intense to them because that's their life. That's been there since day one. They don't know nothing different. Yeah, they've been spoiled with it, and, and we we weren't mm-hmm. like you said. It was gradually given to us, and I think that's like six percent. I think that's the one of the biggest knocks on them. They don't know what pain really is. They don't know what suffering really is. Everything, everything is everything is a is a is a threat to them. Everything is uh, they almost measured up as being an assault on who they are as a person. Offended, criticisms, anything like if you can, if you can name anything that you would normally take as being just something as a building block to to who you are as a man, they would they were rejected. Who are you to judge me? that type of attitude you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. like you could like shit, you could look at instagram stories you could look at facebook stories you could look at tiktoks all these different attitudes people have towards like different things everything is anti-judgment don't judge me in fact my best my best learning experiences the things that taught me to be the man that i became is through judgment shame is gone we don't like when i did something that was wrong i was shamed for it mm. Name is gone, dude. You can't, you can't, man. Mm. Like you can't even say, you can't say Lizzo's fat, even though it's obvious, because now your body shaming. But it, but is 
That's not judging. There's absolutely judgment nowadays by definition. But that's not judgment if I'm looking at you and going, well, you're out of shape. No, I'm not out of shape. I'm a, I'm every, there are many different shapes. There we're 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 entitled to be as many different shapes and sizes as we are as we are because You are absolutely right, but are you healthy? Well, health who defines health? That type, you know what I'm saying? They will argue right. all types of straw man arguments and shit, bro. No I'm not going to fully touch the Lizzo statement, but I will say this. <laughs> I feel like just the, the entitlement of everybody because of the way things have been set up over the years just skews everybody's perception of everything. So it's like everything is more, I feel like it's like, the individual feelings of people are like kind of put on everybody else more so than before it was almost like some having like okay whatever unless it was like really really offensive like people really wasn't calling out certain stuff back in the day but i don't know there was a lot of the other crazy stuff going on in the back in the day that wasn't necessarily good that that is brought to light all that me too stuff and yeah. You know, people less than kids, male and females, all these people coming out more, they feel more comfortable the way things have shifted more to support victims more so than before. And I think that's that's a word. word you just said is absolutely the reason I feel like people are more soft now because mm. people are more inclined to align in victimhood. Mm, well, I'm I'm not saying that. Well, that is true to a degree, but I feel like in the context that I'm was using it was more so like people who actually had been did something happen to them. It wasn't like people like just like oh, it was like maybe they molested or whatever. I just feel right. like the way that the world is is making people more comfortable to come out with these things that may have happened to them prior to before. It was like. They weren't coming out today. It was 50 years old, barely, you know. My thing to it is, is this, though. It's like what you're saying is 100% factual. It's absolutely true. My thing to it is that we live in an all-inclusive society now, right? So we put everything, we lump everything under an umbrella. That's why the LGBTQ plus community can lump so many of those different genres of people under one umbrella and call yeah. it all the same thing when it's not the same thing. You know what I'm saying? Just like when you said like victim, like people will say, well, you were touched. Well, I was looked at funny. Am I a victim too? Yeah, come on over here. You can hang with us. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, it, and it becomes, now they get to join the conversation. Dude, I was I, I was watching a video and this, this uh, gay guy was commenting on this video that this guy posted. He was talking about his ex-girlfriend and the experience he had. And the gay dude was giving all his... Uh, his take on the reason why that that relationship failed and when i tell you a hundred percent of the women in the in the comments were all like yes yes you write about that first of all this guy was talking about his own personal experience you know what i'm saying the gay guy who has no relationship with a woman can't really comment on what a man is going to go through in a relationship with a woman because he's not in a relationship with a woman, but has an opinion on a male, on a heterosexual relationship 
got all of these women who has nothing to do with this guy's relationship with the woman all up in arms. You see what I'm saying? You see where I'm going with this? It's, it becomes an echo chamber. And we, we kind of promote uh, the echo chamber mentality because nobody's actually addressing the true matters. Everybody just wants to be right. Everybody wants to be validated. Like I want to feel validated in my feelings. I want to feel validated in, 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 in the topic in the hand as opposed to addressing the, the true matter. Like if the matter is uh, dudes be knocking bitches out in the street in New York. A nigga, nigga hit a bitch in the head with a skateboard. That needs to stop. The, the, what you will start hearing is these niggas need to be locked up. All these niggas trash. And then a gay dude like, that's why blah, 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 blah. And the ladies were like, yes, I knew somebody understood, but the first thing they do when they find a nigga that don't treat them the way they feel like they need to be treated, they call them gay. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Nobody's truly, nobody's, nobody is being genuine. Nobody's being genuine. Nobody's standing firm in their true values, man. Everybody just wants to be part of a clique. I remember someone doing that to me when I first started working. It's all gang shit. Yeah. <laughs> all it is is all gang shit, bro. Gang, 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 gang. <laughs> I remember a chick told me that one time she was like, like, ain't nobody ever turned me down. You must be gay. All right, whatever. All right, whatever. I'll let you have that. In a, in, a, in, a dark, in a darker time, the other me would have probably smacked the shit out your ass We even saying some shit like that. But I'm, I'm way more adjusted. <laughs> I ain't got no time to be beefing with you over your, your bullshit arguments, your shame. Your I was working somewhere and the young lady kept she, kept, she was persistent, you know. So what she ended up doing was catching me while I was leaving my office and talking to me. And I said, no, I'm not interested. Um, I appreciate it. I'm flattered, but I'm not interested. A couple of days later, some of the guys I had gotten cool with at the job walk up to me and they go, yo, man, why didn't you tell us? I said, tell y'all what? And he's like, why didn't you just tell us what was going on with you, man? We, we wouldn't look at you no different. We still respect you. Like, what are you talking about? It's like, nigga, we, we just, they just told us that you was gay. I was like, what? Yeah. They was like they they told us you was gay. I was like, damn! I just they was like, why didn't you say something? I was like, I just found out. <laughs> he said, what? That that Metal Gear Solid horn went off. Like what? <laughs> like I just found out. He's like, what? I was like, I, I didn't know I was gay until y'all told me. He's like, no, such and such just said that you was. Um, I was like, oh, I turned her down, so she's telling you guys that I'm gay because of that. So. But why is that? You see, but why is it okay for them to do that? I don't know, because if that was a man that had said some shit like that to me, we, we know I wouldn't let that ride. I'm going to tell you something that's real. A guy named Ricky Williams said some real shit. He said, uh, women, for the most part, have been socialized like children their entire lives, whereas men have always been told, man up, man up, man up, man up, man up. So that means you've been forced to grow up fast. Women have been socialized like children, so they handle rejection and conflict like children had a rejection and conflict. If a, when you was a young boy, you call chicks ugly, all this old goofy shit, you know what I'm saying? If she say something that you don't like, but eventually you grow out of that. You don't even worry about it. You just move on, you take your lumps and you keep it moving. But women for some reason cannot, and ain't all women. So let me go ahead and clarify for anybody who's listening and you <laughs> want to jump in the comments or whatever the fuck and want to come in my head. 
<laughs> but they have been socialized like children in almost every facet of, of living all the way down to feeling like everything revolves around them being happy at all times. They always base everything on whether or not it makes them happy. If she can't have you, because first of all, women don't shoot their shot very often. So it's a privilege that you had her shoot her shot at you. Mm-hmm. And the, yeah, fact that was definitely that, mentality. That you, the fact that you rejected her, you deserve to be called gay. <laughs> don't, don't reject that. Just accept it. That's just the nature of the beast. I know you I know I know it's tough to take on. I know that me telling you this might come as a shock, but she had every right in the world to call you gay because she was she was socialized by our public school system or whoever the fuck to say, you know what? If you can't get what you want, throw a tantrum in any way you can find because like I'm being judged. You're a princess. You're a queen. You can have it all. And don't let (laughs) but anyway, I'm off my tangent. Yeah. Everybody, I feel like with those values that was like put on us, like everybody was bamboozled in a way. Like all were, we all were, bro. we all were, because the social structure was given to us that they wanted us to follow, and then we go to school. They training us to be little worker bees for them, really. Like all of that shit was really to make society how they want to so we easily manipulate manipulated like the um i think we was talking about this before we even got on um on the call um just how um where was i about to go with this it was something about um I lost it. I almost had it there. <laughs> like the whole idea of dual incomes is based on that. Like we right. That's where it was that. That's like dual incomes, how we all single and we need to be in a relationship or some type of dual situation, the way that society is set up, but the way that the values are and how everything is in opposition, it makes us not be able to get along, hence a whole bunch of single people whole bunch of single studio apartments instead of one apartment that's bigger that costs less and usually like all that's on purpose yeah they're building houses without dining rooms because people don't sit down and have dinner together no more man you know what i'm saying so there aren't family structures anymore so you have a situation now where like they they the women are uh, women are are i guess the most enrolled more than men are in in universities mm-hmm. we go to trade schools we go get jobs we get right to work you know what i'm saying we're not chasing fucking basket weaving degrees and shit like that. Uh, but unfortunately though not enough even in the trade schools like because of how much they kind of shifted everybody wanting to go to a full university to get some degree and whatever and a lot of people should have went to be an electrician or a carpenter or a plumber and now don't people that did do it since there's not enough people doing it they just get price gouging now they can do what they want to be like mm-hmm. and, and the bulk of them who go on to school to get those degrees they're not even like nationals they're like you know what I'm saying they 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 immigrate from other countries and they get those degrees you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So they're the ones that kind of backfill those positions. Whereas we, as like nationals, we're here to kind of like just be, like you said, the worker bees. And we're beefing over fucking bullshit like uh, 
whether or not I'm a, I should pay for the bill when we go out on a date or some goofy shit like that. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's almost like, the, it ain't even, I won't even say we, because I don't even, I, I don't think, I firmly don't believe that it's our generation that's really having this conflict of interest. We don't, we don't have this problem. But I do believe like the generations, two generations outside of us down, they're the ones that don't understand the logistics of how relationships work because they're too busy dealing with their own bullshit. The selfishness kind of got them, make them isolate themselves. You know what I'm saying? And they're in the, all the excuses and shit. Yeah. And I'm seeing it. I watch, I watch with my sons. I watch with my sons, man. I'm like looking at this shit and I'm like, and I get it. Like my sons are, I'm, I'm proud of them. They ain't got no kids in this world. They keep it strapped up, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Elijah telling bitches right off the bat, I'm in a non, I'm a non-monogamous type. Don't be looking for no monogamy from me. Out, out, out the gate. I'm a non-monogamous type. He said, I, we could do polygamy, but I'm not trying to be in a monogamous relationship. And he said, and I'm all, he said, my polygamy consists of me and two women or more. And it, you'd be surprised how many bitches go for it. Well, but, they go for you being honest. That's one thing that made it. Yeah. It's the honesty. However, it's about also it's about, they got to have like the emotional intelligence to be able to deal with what that looks like. You see what I'm saying? Right. It's like just because a person says something and say, yeah, I'm down for it. Then all of a sudden you start seeing on the back end with all the ramifications and rip- well, like how many times have we run into women where they feel like they going to change uh, how you um do anything they just feel like they could change you so they, they like him they like yeah i'm down because in the back of their head they could change but no if he's telling you what the the game plan is that's what the game plan is but they also are raised nowadays to not really follow if that makes sense mm-hmm. you see what i'm saying that's what that's what like they 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 don't want equity they want equality so they want equal they want equal outcomes and not equal opportunities. So you can't, nobody can guarantee you an equal outcome. You can't go to a job and say, I'm, it's 90 people fucking interviewing for this job. I want the same result as the motherfucker who get hired. And all 90 of us got to get the job too. That's equal outcomes. Equal opportunity mm-hmm. is the opportunity to interview. Right. You get to shoot your shot. But we also, we also don't explain that to these kids when they're growing up that there is no such thing as equal outcomes. Nobody gets an equal outcome. You know? Everybody won't be able to do everything that they want to do either. Exactly. All of us aren't qualified to be fucking rocket engineers and shit like that. Rocket scientists and shit. Some, like you could have a dream that just because you could draw fucking rockets don't mean you need to be in the fucking working for NASA or SpaceX. Or right. You do, you do not need to be in a cockpit. Cockpit of one of these things. Your ability to draw has nothing to do with any of this shit. Just because you could draw a fucking skyscraper don't mean you need to be a goddamn architect. Right. You are not an engineer, my man. We, we don't need you in there fucking up shit. I've seen your math grades, my nigga. <laughs> we did look you up. <laughs> we did look you up. We checked you out, bro. You didn't you did not do well from seventh grade up until graduating high school. You are you you graduated <laughs> you're horrible you you have a one you have a 1.5 average my man you got by you got through by the skin of your teeth my guy right 1.5 that's like all f's right it's like something wait, wait, i don't wait, know d minus <laughs> it's something i don't know got, got a d or two in there just just to, just to keep it spicy right 
Just Maybe a C. <laughs> got a C in gym. <laughs> Shook it up and just threw all the letters out there. And what number two <laughs> letters in the cup? It was a D's and S. I never knew how people got D's in gym. It's like, yo, all you gotta do, you know, all you gotta do, half of it is just dressing up. Right, that's it. If you wear the damn uniform, that's a, a large percentage of the grade. You damn like just dressing bullshit. Say it again, know, six. All the people I know who are overweight and insecure. Uh, oh yes. If they didn't Definitely. want to be seen. And they're all in their glory. They failed gym. They either skipped or they just never dressed down. Yeah. I remember those sitting on the side. Yep. I used to just be like, what? Now, why you got what? your coat on, my nigga? It's gym. Oh. Oh. I remember on. those times. Nigga got on a fucking, on a bubble goose, a triple fat <laughs> goose in the middle of June. This shit, school almost out. He still got on his coat. They would come to school with notes and shit from the, from home. <laughs> Written in crayon. <laughs> Elijah cannot participate. My my child has asthma. Everybody, I'd be walking around and looking like what? I mean, this is the best part of being here. Like getting some of this. I could. That was fun, especially when we was able to hoop and all this. I was like, man, give me the let's go. go. Topic of trauma, though. Like a lot of people, like they impacted by those traumas. I was not, man. Like I, I, and and I understand that, but you know, health at that point, like that was one of the healthiest things you could do was like go to gym or whatever it was, and, and 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 play baseball, softball, basketball. Or, or if it was golf, whatever they had you doing, it was it was one of those things where you got a chance to just not be focused on school and not be focused on doing work, you know? Some of them motherfuckers probably had shit going on at home. They made their ass, they barely wanted to be at school. Yeah. You want them to take their clothes off and join the rest of these motherfuckers? They yeah. like, shit. I remember one dude did take his clothes off. He had welts up and down on one side of his body. You know, he was getting beat really bad. Really, really nice guy. Really, really nice guy. You know, but, yeah. But you could tell that they were beating the life. Like when I say beating the life out of him, I'm saying it to be say that like mentally that they were breaking him to the point where he could just be, he could be a, like a dog or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, Trying to change his name and shit. Yeah. Tell him to get down on his feet and lick the floorboards, and he would probably do it. You know. Your name is Akunta Kente. Your name is Toby. You know, so whatever whatever it was going with him, I, I remember. Yeah, I remember I, that. I know quite a few too, and that's the crazy thing about it, man. Like we people kind of like we kind of attach our own personal life experiences to what we see in other people, and this shit just don't align. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. All right, man. I think that's. That's gonna do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my most controversial episode. Nah. Yeah, he be saying something. like, uh-oh. I was like, oh, six. No, nah, it's all good. It's all What's good. That? It's a conversation. That's good, though. You know, yeah, yeah you need that. You need yeah, that. Yeah. It, we're not offensive. We're just speaking, you know, with respect. But I'm just saying. Yes. Definitely. I, I, respectfully. I, 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 respectfully. Exactly. <laughs> I'm a 
slacker. That's all. I I'm just not gonna I'm not gonna be parakeeting all the shit I I see in society around me. I'm just making observations. Okay. And I just ask questions and I keep and I think I think these things amongst myself and I just write them down and I ask these guys, you know, that's all. Uh, but ladies and gentlemen, this has been another episode. We will be back with more one day soon. And I remember, hey, whoa, wait a minute. Creed, you got anything going on? Um, man, I'm uh just uh, about to relaunch exodusstudios.com dropping a fall collection for Architects of Mars uh, next month Um, man it's a lot of stuff going on Um, you know me I'm always working the podcast finally is going to drop I've been working on that with my sister I've been BSing but it's it's got to come out it's gotta this come is a out. Fact. This is a fact. Yep, you have so. been BSing. That's uh, a fact. But. I don't know why. I do not know why, but <laughs> get that shit out there. And y'all should get yourselves on mics, man. So you sound very, very crispy, clear. Uh, yes, yes. They're not sure. that. They're not that. Some of them. I mean, a good one. Oh, like no. one. I know they. I know they. Um, not that much. I already have some in my uh Amazon little list. They're they're coming. That's yeah. kind of why I haven't even really put some of the stuff out because I had to fix stuff on post and all of that. So it's better to have mics. I already know. So indeed, six. You got anything going on musically? You got anything coming out? It's all top secret at this point. I'll be making. I'll be revealing some things soon. <laughs> you got a project of mine, sir, that needs to be put out. We need to go over that. I'll hold a title for it too, man. Yeah, we're gonna call it bitches and bubble wrap. Um <laughs> y'all heard it here first. Bitches and bubble wrap. Yeah, and the cover art is actually gonna be some bubble wrap. No, in a in a form I, of a I, woman. I, I can help with the cover art. That sounds like a great subject matter. I, I can help with that. I could I could help. <laughs> actually, that's a dope cover. Yeah, low key it is. I'm thinking. I trust me. I, I visualize. Yeah. They heard it. I was like, huh? yeah. yeah. It'll just be. It'll be in the form of a woman. Yeah, the one. Yeah, the woman silhouette, a female. Yeah. Silhouette. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. I have nothing going on, but podcast will be on the way. I'm getting back. I'm gearing up. I got a lot of shit to do. Of my own, I haven't posted anything yet because I'm still editing, and I did for this uh, push down and turn project. Okay. I'm gonna start getting everybody involved that I need involved. I've just been really tinkering with it. It's one of the things where when you're doing it by yourself, it kind of sound weird because you're talking to yourself. Mm-hmm. I have a I have like two or three episodes like that when I just do my own talking. It's just me venting though, just really getting some ideas out. You know what I'm saying? But it's gonna be dope. You know what I mean? All right. Outside of that, there's nothing else going on over here. Uh ladies and gentlemen, remember the mission statement when you're striving for greatness. God never puts you in the driver's seat if it's taken. You bitch you.